Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. She's a repeat guest all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to the show, Alicia Jarrett. Thank you, Victor. Always good to be here. We're starting to get a nice regular conversation happening now. It's it's great. <laughs> Love having you back here. And I'm excited for today's conversation because we've taken a couple of very different approaches in a specific area, an area called marketing. And we're going to define what that means. Mm-hmm. And yet we've both achieved some pretty good results coming at it from almost 180 degrees apart. So it's going to be almost a little bit of a debate in terms of tomato versus tomato or oil versus water. They're both liquids (laughs) and yet both are yielding very good results. So it'd be great to talk a little bit about that. Get your perspective on where are you making investments in marketing and specifically what are you targeting to accomplish with it? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation because I do agree with you that I think you and I just mentioned before that we hear the words marketing, advertising, promoting, you know, whatever it is in, in your language or other people's language. I think it's good to, first of all, define what that is, but also look at the different strategies because here's what I'm noticing, Victor. In the real estate investing world, there's a lot of real estate educators out there that teach a certain way how to market. Let's use that word for now. Mm -hmm. But really what I think the conversation can go into today is also about what's the customer experience in this? Because no matter what you do or no matter what approach you take, it's got to be easy for our customers, i.e. our sellers in this case, to do business with us. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about marketing, we often have to define what we're talking about. Are we talking marketing for what? Now, I define the word marketing as very distinct from sales. Marketing in my world is the process of generating interest. Correct. Yes. And that's where it starts and that's where it ends. If you go beyond that, the purpose of sales is to generate revenue. Marketing isn't to generate revenue yet. No, marketing for me is to generate a conversation, to generate interest, to generate a relationship. And then the sales part is then closing on that relationship to to generate revenue. I totally agree with you. Perfect. Now, oftentimes we hear words that sound very similar, and sometimes it's a little bit easy to confuse them. So let's distinguish between the words advertising, marketing, and publicity, because those also can be a little bit blurry. Where does that fit for you? Yeah, I, I agree that they can be a bit blurry. And it's interesting because we have, as part of our marketing campaign, we actually use ads. But again, people think, well, isn't that advertising? Well, no, it's not. It's still marketing. So marketing can take a number of ways, shapes and forms. But again, we've got to come back to that principle that the act of marketing is to get an attraction, a lead, a level of interest from somebody. And you can do that in a number of ways. So you can do promotions as a way of marketing. You can do ads as a way of marketing. But I think what we also need to distinguish is the purpose of marketing and the outcome we're looking for. Because when I talk about marketing, I'm talking about our acquisition side of our business, which is acquiring a a level of interest from a seller to be able to convert that to a sale or a deal. When I talk about a disposition side of our business, so when we're actually selling a property or things like that, I talk about that more as uh, it's more like advertising at that stage because we're promoting a product then to sell rather than on the front end when it's acquisitions, we're actually promoting a solution at that stage to a seller to hopefully help them out of a situation. So I think there's there's very different outcomes that we're looking for in, in both of those streams as well. So you're marketing both for acquiring new inventory as well as for selling your end product. 
in this case, they're both land. Correct. But you're marketing for both ends of that process. Yep, absolutely. Are you also marketing for investment? Uh, Not actively at this stage. Part of our our corporation, we have Global Citizens Holdings Inc., which is our, our corporation, and we have had some private investors in there. But just like you said before, they've come to us or we've gone to them. We haven't actively marketed for them. We do have some marketing for that part of our business to attract investors, but we haven't had a need for that yet. So we're not pushing that one at the moment. But certainly from the acquisition side of properties and the disposition side, that's where we tend to spend most of our focus on marketing. And I guess the conversion that we're looking for there is, you know, we want marketing to produce a result. So a lot of people look at marketing and go, gee, it's a lot of money to spend to get a lead. We say, yeah, but if you put a dollar in to acquire that lead and you get $5 back, you do that every day of the week. (laughs) So it is about looking at what our marketing spend is versus what we get back when it comes to the acquisition side. And the key to that is to having sufficient metrics that you can actually make that determination as to whether it is a worthwhile investment or not. Correct. What I love about the world of digital marketing is that it is both an art and a science. It's an art in the sense that you need to develop messaging that connects with your target audience. But it's a science insofar as there really are no secrets. You can measure everything that you do every step of the way and determine whether what you're doing is working or not. Yeah, absolutely. Can I give you an interesting example of how we've used that art and science, Victor? Sure. From an acquisition side, so we, we developed, I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast as well, we developed a system for our own business because we saw that there was a bit of a gap in the market around acquisitions marketing. And I guess that gap for us was a lot of educators out there, great educators, are teaching people to just download a list and send mail. And whilst that's great because direct mail can still work for certain asset classes, not for all of them, um, I guess that means that everybody else that's done that same training program is also doing that same thing. So what we're thinking about is, okay, well, how do we differentiate? And this is where the art starts to come in. So with the marketing that we do, we're really looking at the problems that landowners face, the specific solutions that we can offer landowners and creating not only sales pages, landing pages, but Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads. We're doing specific digital interventions with email nurturing campaigns, tracking who they are when they visit our website or click on an ad and then retargeting them with ads continuously through cookies and things like that. Not the ones that we eat, but when we attach a cookie, you know, when, you, when you're when you on a website and it says, will you accept cookies? Yes, I will. <laughs> so we do all of that. And that's where the art comes in because the messaging has got to be right. Where the science comes in is all of those interactions as to how people are responding to the direct mail, the digital on their pages, the ads, all of that how they're responding to that, we actually measure on a dashboard. So we can see, are the ads being effective? Are people clicking through? How many people have filled out forms on the website? How many people have called in relation to the mail and and things like that? So for me, I think good marketing these days is definitely about the art, but it's also about the analytics side, which is the science. Because a lot of people will do what I call the hope and pray. They will send out a letter hope that it gets to the right person and then pray that they get a phone call back. They can't measure it. They can't see it. They just send it blindly. (laughs) So for me, there's a lot more that can be done to measure the effectiveness of the investment because I don't look at marketing as a spend. We look at marketing as an investment because you should put something in and get something back 
And that's the way that we're approaching it, Victor. But I'd love to hear more about how you're approaching it because we're quite different. We're very different. So, for example, when we acquire land, we don't ever go hunting for that land. We don't ever go hunting for deals. And I would say, quite honestly, with almost without exception, maybe a small single-digit number of exceptions, almost all of our deals come to us. Which is amazing, by the way. We're starting to find that in our business because of the, the effort that we've made in our marketing. We now get a, a few people per week that do actually come to us and say, I've, I've seen you guys somewhere. Can you, can you help me out with my land? So it does start to shift, but I love that, that you've got that working. So, yeah. So we're not marketing in the traditional sense. We are really more focused on positioning in the marketplace. Some people might call that branding so that we become known as go-to people for development. We have a couple of fish hooks out there. We position ourselves as developers, which we are, and as folks that are out there actively doing projects for ourselves, but also as folks who are available to consult for others who are interested in figuring out what they can do with their own land. And oftentimes they'll approach us and say, you know, I've got a piece of dirt. I'd love to build a subdivision on it. Is it even possible? What's the process? How do I start? And that starts a conversation. Sometimes that translates into us acquiring the property. Sometimes that translates into a consulting engagement Mm -hmm. uh, where we help them do something for their business. But in both cases, it actually translates into people coming to us. But we're not out there with what I'll call transactional type advertising. We will never go out and get a yellow business card that says we buy houses. That's just not us. (laughs) We won't do that either. (laughs) (laughs) But here's what I love about that. We're both doing land, but for specific purposes. So you're looking at acquisitions through the lens of development, and we're looking at acquisitions through more the lens of more infill lots, a little bit of acreage and uh, more to build, you know, individual houses or for people to extend their current property out. So I think we've both got almost like different audiences, but same asset class. So that's a really good example of how different types of approaches, depending upon the outcome for that asset class, can make a difference. Absolutely. And by the way, we do infill work as well. What I've discovered with land is that there's really two principal ways to make money with land. You can take raw land and you can carve it up into smaller pieces and get it entitled to higher and best use. Or you can take land that's in the urban core. It's been carved up in pieces that are too small to be useful and you assemble them back together. It's Mm. really one of those two things. You're either carving it up or you're putting it back together. It's one or the other. And when you do, you can create tremendous value because now development land in the urban core is very difficult to come by. So when you can recreate those conditions, you can create a multiplier on the value. That single family home by itself as a development site is almost worthless. You can't do anything significant with it unless you just rebuild a house on it and then it's worth what it's worth. But you get four or five, 10 of those put together and now you can do something of significance. And that's where the multiplier is. Yeah, yeah. And I guess what what comes to mind with what you're talking about there is also how we're both marketing with our exit strategies because our exit strategies often are less to an investor and more to a, uh, a family that may be looking for land to build their dream home on and less about how do we multiply that. That's really interesting because the the entry strategy can be quite different and the exit strategy can be quite different and there's often a different way to market through that lens. And I guess what that comes to for me is all about 
how we're thinking through the lens of customer experience. And let me say what I mean by that, Victor, because I think that's also one of these terms when people talk about UX and CX design and, and all of these things out there when it comes to, to marketing speak. So for me, customer experience these days, uh, I've seen, and tell me if you've seen the same, but I've seen a, a very interesting shift in who we are acquiring properties from these days. Two years ago, most of the people that we were speaking to to acquire properties were probably people in their 60s, 70s and 80s who have had land for a long time, hadn't done anything with it and had just been sitting on it. We're now seeing that over the last few years, a lot of that land has already been passed on to the next generation. So intergenerational land is a big part of what we acquire. And we're talking to people in their 20s and 30s and they're like, I've got this land. I live in a completely different state. I don't even know what to do with it. But here's the interesting thing about customer experience. Each of those demographic groups and and age demographic groups as well, they all like to do business differently. So I think sometimes we need to put ourselves in the shoes of all the wide range of people that we deal with and think, how do I make it easy for them to do business with us? So do they want to fill in a form online? Do they want direct mail? Do they want to have a phone call and a consult? Would they prefer to email us all the details and say, here, take it over? Or would they prefer to sign a contract and send it back versus getting one email to them? So I think we need to always be thinking through the lens of what are we always doing to make it easy for people to deal with us as opposed to the way that we want to do business? There's a lot of investors I know out there, Victor, and I talk about the sending of mail. And they still say, look, I want to send mail and then I'll, I'll get the person to ring and it will go to a voicemail. And sometimes I never talk to my sellers. We just transact. And I kind of go, well, isn't that a missed opportunity? Because the what if for me kicks in then. What if they've got other information to share with you? What if they've got other land? What if they know their next door neighbor also wants to sell? So I think sometimes we need to think about our customer experience when we're creating, whether it's advertising, branding, marketing, so that we're maximizing that opportunity for relationship. It's interesting you speak about that because I'm in the middle of a negotiation right now with two exact same situations that you just described. In one case, it's a property. It's owned by a gentleman in his mid-70s, and he's looking to divest. He's looking to invest in another property. It's a property that's been in his family for generations. In the second case, dealing with the next of kin, the owner-occupant has passed on, and now it's basically an estate sale. In one case, there's actually a strong emotional attachment to the property. Yeah. In the second, the emotional attachment isn't there at all. Yeah. And that changes the nature and the tenor of the negotiation significantly. It really does, doesn't it? I've noticed that too. And therefore, it becomes, okay, so how do we do business with those people, not only through the, the situation they're in, but the emotional presence or lack of presence sometimes as well as to how they want to transact? Because if there's not emotional attachment, often the conversation and the way that they transact is very different, isn't it? Just take this off my hands. I don't want the hassle of it anymore. Versus where there's an emotional attachment, it's, look, I need you to take this off my hands, but I want to do this so that I feel safe in the transaction and feel like my needs are being met. It's very different based upon the, every situation is different, I think. Well, not only that, in the case of that older generation of seller, you're often dealing with a single decision maker. Mm. In the case of the multi-generational seller, you might be dealing with five decision makers. Correct. Yeah, where it's been left to the whole family or it's been put into a family trust and the trust has been passed down. It's, it is very interesting. And this is what I love about marketing and, and looking at marketing through that lens because we can never assume 
that every transaction or every person that we deal with is going to be the same. They're not. They've all got different problems and, and different solutions that they're after. So this is where we get into the art of that conversation, because it doesn't matter whether that first touch point is through an electronic means or it's through a conversation. The messaging to that single owner-occupant who's looking to sell their property is going to be vastly different than, say, if you're dealing with five next of kin. That's a completely different conversation. It is. And somehow that conversation needs to connect both on an intellectual level and an emotional level, most importantly. Mm, Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes there's a variety of messages that you can put out there from a marketing perspective to attract both of those groups. But then it becomes more about when we finally get to speak to them. For me, that's where the marketing stops and the listening begins. And I think sometimes the distinction that I like to make there is I know a lot of people out there, again, I'm not dissing any education out there by any way, shape or form, because there's some great educators out there, but they end up with the script, which is as soon as somebody gets on the phone or responds to your lead, here's what you have to say. But at that point, what I've actually spoken about, we spoke about team training last week and, and making sure that we're all, when we're recruiting and training teams to help us out. One of the main things that I've said to my team is ask some really great questions. Don't sell. Ask lots of really great questions and then just listen. Because at that stage, the marketing stops and the relationship begins. Not the sale, the relationship. Because the sale often happens as a result of the relationship. And if we can often pause and just listen a bit more, because I think there's one thing lacking in this world at the moment, that is the human need to feel seen and feel heard. And if we can stop and do that just for a moment, I really think that makes a difference to business. So many people are in a hurry to get the transaction done that we often miss that opportunity. Well, absolutely. And one of the biggest fears that a lot of sellers have, they know that they need to sell, but the last thing they want to do is they don't want to sell to a predatory buyer. Mm. There's a lot of fear. If I sell and I sell too quickly, am I getting taken advantage of? And I think part of it is to slow the conversation down so that you are matching the pace of that dance that needs to occur with the seller. I love that you've just called it a dance because that's the perfect analogy for it, isn't it? (laughs) You take the lead, I take the lead. You take the lead, I take the lead. It is a dance and I, I love that. Yeah, I completely agree, Victor. It doesn't matter. I mean, we have projects of all different sizes ranging from sub one acre to several hundred acres and everything in between. And it almost really doesn't matter. It could be a, you know, Mm. 300 unit subdivision or 137 units. It doesn't matter. It's all kind of the same. It's just a different zero at the end. I totally agree. And I think if we approach business with that lens of it is all the same, it's just the, the zeros on the end is what makes the difference at the end of the day. But if we approach every customer with that same love and care, we, we end up in some pretty good places in business. And to me, that's all about doing good. Doing good and doing well simultaneously. Yes. <laughs> yes, goes without saying. <laughs> Alicia, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Depending upon what they want to do with their marketing, because they may want to speak with you, Victor, but if they want to talk about the approach that we are taking with our marketing, which is multi-dimensional. So as I mentioned, it is that data, direct mail, it's digital, it's it's ads, it's a whole range of things that really enhance that customer experience. So they can jump online and check us out at www.superchargedoffers.com. They can give my team or myself a call. We're more than happy to set up time to, similar to you, Victor, we actually do a consulting call to begin with, with all of our clients to talk about 
their current marketing, but what they're looking for in terms of outcomes and helping them create solutions for that. So the phone number for my team is 888-538-5478. Or they can email me direct. My email is Alicia, so that's A-L-I-C-I-A at superchargedoffers.com. Fantastic. Well, love the conversation, two kindred spirits approaching it from slightly different perspectives. (laughs) So for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Alicia at superchargedoffers.com or reach out to her directly at alicia at superchargedoffers.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.